Welcome to the Dillweed Society Film Podcast. My name is Max, and my favorite movie is Lupin the Third and the Castle of Cagliostro. Is that a movie? I thought that was a TV show. No. Okay, there's a TV show called Lupin the Third, but the Castle of Cagliostro is a movie episode of it, or it's like a movie adaptation. True, 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 true. Um, hi, my name is Isabella, and my favorite movie is Moneyball. What kind of Aaron Sorkin? Listen, listen. I was just going through my top 100, and it stood out to me. I like the cover. Who is that? Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. I, I never so finished that movie. movie. I liked it from what I saw, but it was it you was mean, like... We watched it all the time as a kid. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. Moneyball? Yeah. What do you think happens in Moneyball? It's the baseball movie. Okay, there's a lot of baseball movies. What do you think happens in Moneyball? What is it about? What? Why are you quizzing me on my favorite movie? I don't think that I don't I don't think that the Moneyball that you remember is the actual Moneyball with Brad movie. Pitt, with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Yes. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Anyway, how you been? What was your dream? You had a weird dream last night, so did I. I had a weird dream. I just had a weird dream that I had a, a lot of stuff to do. Well, that's accurate. I feel like to your life. Cheers. Yeah, I had a weird dream last night where there were like these ostrich babies that I had to find, and then. Some wolves came and then ate them. Anyway, that was my weird dream. It was like prehistoric times. It's a whole thing. How have you been? It's been like a week, I guess. Yeah, uh, I've been watching a lot of movies. Not necessarily a ton that came out this year, but I did watch like, I think three this week. Okay, word. I have one that I want to recommend that came out in 2019. Uh, it was, it's this movie on Gaku. It's about a gang at a high school that wants to start a band and so they instead of like beating people up they start a band word it's really it's really funny but it's like very humorous um and a lot of the art i think is rotoscoped which is really interesting like it gives it a a very unique character in animation yeah which sort of yeah transitions us into this week but what have what have you been watching lately how have you been i I've been all right. My glasses broke, so I'm. I have to become a new person now. I. What have I been watching? I watch. I rewatched Grand Budapest Hotel recently, uh, which is always a great watch. I'm like in winter class right now, so I have to watch a bunch of movies. I finally watched the Watermelon Woman, which has been on my watch list for literally like three years. Uh, everyone recommends that to me. It's a great movie. Great movie. I actually have to write an essay about that today, so. Wish me luck on that. This week, we're talking about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is important to note because there are two Pinocchio movies that came out last year. I know. I wonder if he had to put his name on it for that reason. Because, like, yeah, because Disney released their Pinocchio. Like, they re-released it, I guess, to, like, keep the, their, like, rights to the story. You know how they have to do that? I don't really know what's up. And yeah, then wasn't there also a Pinocchio that like people were talking about on a, on TikTok that where the Pinocchio is voiced by like a twink. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah! Oh my! I want to explore is, the world, Father. I don't know why there's so many Pinocchio content, so much Pinocchio content this year. It's called Pinocchio: A True Story. Yeah, but today we're talking about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is. One of the most, like, everyone was, like, anticipating. It took him, like, ten years to make it. If you don't know Guillermo del Toro, you probably know his other films. Pan's Labyrinth is, like, one of his most famous. Shape of Water. Uh-huh. So, like, he's been working on, like, he's been creating such great, you know, films 
all while still working on Pinocchio. Yeah. And I think that's uh, interesting. His most recent one was Nightmare Alley, which came out last year, or like 2021. No. Uh, which I didn't love. His what? most recent production is Cabinet of Curiosities, which came out 2022. That's a short it's, series. That's a TV show. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's a number of like uh, short TV shows, basically. And he didn't direct all of them. I think he just produced the show. Uh, so he does the like he does the like Rod Serling interview, like intro to every episode where he's like, "Some people might think that life is difficult, but for one woman, she figured out a way to make it not that way." All right. Unluckily, right. it wasn't as easy as she thought it would be when she had no problems. And then it's like, okay. I present the woman in the gray hat. Yeah. All right. Anyway, it was really Shape, good. I think his most famous, or like most critically acclaimed, is Shape of Water, because uh, that won Best Picture in twenty seventeen or like the twenty eighteen Oscars, which I didn't love that movie, but I think they gave it to him for his work that he's done with other like in the past, because he is a very influential director. Um, but this film. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, it's co-directed by him and Mark Gustafson. I'm going to give you all a synopsis, although I'm sure you know the story of Pinocchio. During the rise of fascism in Mussolini's Italy, a wooden boy brought magically to life struggles to live up to his father's expectations. What did you think? What were your overall thoughts, Max? I liked this movie a lot. Um, Yeah? Honestly, I wish it was more... Like, it leaned into adult themes in a way that... um, I don't think has been done by any of the other, like, Pinocchio reboots, but kind of was true of the original Pinocchio, you know? Like, where he goes to work in the Disney original Pinocchio. Like, that was a very dark movie in a way that this was. Yeah. At parts. But I wish it had leaned further into that. That was, like, my overall. And I liked the historicism of the the show. Me too. I, I really liked that, yeah. I watched this movie twice. Uh, the first time I watched it just while like doing my homework, and then I I rewatched it with our parents actually, and because they really what? wanted to watch it, yeah. And mom I didn't know loved this. it. I, I bet mom, she did. she adored. I mean, so did dad as well. But dad was like, like a minute into the movie, he was like, I know this is gonna make me cry. Like I know this is gonna be a sad movie, and it was only on that second watch that I really like grasped how depressing this movie is yeah which is funny because it's a kids movie like it's so-called kids movie just because it's a i think a children's folktale but i think i i love those old like folktales that like still have so much you know intense adult themes or, like people call them adult themes but it's just like living life basically it's like, like a human trauma. Yeah, dr- drama yeah i said drama you said trauma I think that yeah, was kind of right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The animation, beautiful. If you have, if you have seen this movie and uh, you haven't seen the behind the scenes, like thirty minute expose on this on this film showing like how they made it, I totally recommend you watch it. It's also on Netflix, which this one was on Netflix. But um, oh, I didn't see that. You should. It's it's crazy how much work goes into it because it's stop motion. Mm. So it took takes them like so long, and they have to design each character like hand carve it's so beautiful everything is like so perfectly done i don't know you know what i mean i think this was like one of the most beautiful uh animated movies i've seen in a while in terms of its like total artistic direction and competence of production i i think it's really it's like flawless 
Um, and there's a lot of things that technically seem like they would have been really difficult, like all the underwater stuff, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or the way that um, when the guy swings his sword, when um, there's like a trail behind his sword that means that like it had to have been like constructed out of out of clay or out of something to show like the movement, the like action movement of the sword that normally you would just draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lighting in this movie is just crazy. Um, it's and it, beautiful. It uses the medium really well because in other animation, like it's very hard to do consistent lighting that's moving all the time. It's a lot of work. Whereas here, yeah. it's sort of a natural byproduct of what, of the medium. And it, they use that yeah. to a good advantage. What did you think? I I think this is definitely a shoe-in for Best Animation, both at the Oscars. And I'm not going to say the dillies, but it seems pretty obvious. Um, I know a lot of people who I've talked to who are dilly associates are actually fighting for this for a Best Picture nom, which yeah. we'll see if that um, turns out. But, yeah... I I will say I didn't realize that this film was going to be a musical. I thought the music was... It was fine. Like, in my opinion, like, it takes a lot to for me to enjoy a musical, like, children's musical. Because oftentimes I feel like it is too on the surface, you know? Where I think there's a lot more below in terms of yeah. themes. But, you know, this film is... The composer was Alexander Desplat, who's great i could tell yeah you can tell you can always tell like (laughs) you know how you can tell like a john williams thing like i was watching empire of the sun the other day it which is a spielberg movie right but something about it like i like how i could tell it was a spielberg movie because of his cuts and like the way he uses his camera but then i heard the music i was like that's john that's john williams right and you know that pairing is works so well together same way you can tell alexander just it's like damien chazelle and uh Justin Horwitz. Also, I think the acting in this movie, I was very impressed by and surprised. I didn't realize that it was Ewan McGregor until like halfway through um, voicing the uh, cricket. Yeah. And I only know Ewan McGregor from Down With Love, in which he like sings and he plays like a slimy like businessman. Right, like oh, we were watching the credits and like it would just show name after name and we'd be like, whoa, whoa. Right. Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, Ron Perlman, John Turturro. Oh, I didn't catch that John Turturro was... Tom Kenny is in it? Yeah, dude. Dude, Tom Kenny as in Spongebob SpongeBob. Tom Kenny? Yes, yes. Who does he play? Mussolini, dude. Tom Kenny plays Mussolini? He plays a few people, but yeah. Mussolini and right-hand man and sea captain. Okay. Il dottore. I don't... Who voices uh, Spazzatura? Kath- Kate Blanchett voices Spazzatura? The monkey. Uh, that's perfect. Yeah, um, good um, for her. I, Kate Blanchett her. Can, do, can do anything she wants. She's um, great in everything. I thought, yeah. I thought the, the voice acting for Spazzatura was great. I was creeped out by the monkey, I'm not going to lie. I didn't like it. Really? Yeah. Oh, Finn Wolfhard voices Candlewick. Yeah, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of Pinocchio as a whole. The movie or the story? Just like a, a wooden boy, the story. Oh. It was never like a, one of my favorite Disney ones. I didn't really understand it. I respect it. What, what, what do you think made people like it? Like what is, what is so historically, or like 
what is so good about the story that people like really enjoyed it? We had the audiobook of it when we were younger. I remember that. Yeah, I think it captures like grief in a really interesting way, in a way that I was unbothered by as a child. Yeah, it's very magical, obviously, yes. and that's like that's exciting um, and interesting and sort of like learning about the the one scene I did like. Sorry to interrupt. The one scene yeah, I did okay. like when I was a kid was the uh, the whale scene. I loved that because I think uh-huh. it reminded me of Flapjack. Yeah, and I love Flapjack. So. <laughs> But I think parents like it because it's really like it, every chapter is like a lesson about what not obeying oh, your parents sure. does, you know? Yeah. Like when he gets conscripted into the military and like... Is, does the original one have that scary puppeteer? Yeah. No, I mean, it's not a puppeteer, I think. He gets, he gets like ripped off by a wolf, by a fox and like a wolf, I think. And I thought the, it was a puppeteer. I thought there was a, like a puppet. There is. Guy. That, and this yeah, one is but, the circus, right? Right. And there is a circus in the original. But this Il Volpe, Volpe means fox in, uh, in uh, Italian. Or like, I don't know. It's like, there's a Latin root meaning fox. So it's like a mix of two stories from the original, uh, from the original story, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a folktale. So there's like, of course, many stories. I don't think that there's any, any huge revelations or puzzles in the movie. Um, yeah. that are worth sort of puzzling through. It's just a very uh, enjoyable, not only childish, but not only adult animated movie. I think it's really good. I wish that they had removed some of the more childish stuff, um, like specifically like the, the running joke where the cricket starts singing a song and then gets cut off. Yeah. I thought that that was It was funny of... at once. Yeah. It's a great film for literally everyone, I think. Whether you are in it for the technical stuff, which I think I was mostly, whether you're in it for the story, like there's something that you can pull f- from it and it's enjoyable no matter how you watch it. What would you rate this movie? Uh, three to three and a half. Okay, sure. I, I uh, don't know. I rated it a four because I thought it was really like a masterpiece um, in terms of animation alone. So I... yeah. I really liked Technically, that. it was really good. Yeah. I um, I was reading reviews by my Letterboxd friends. Caleb literally says, this is a very sweet movie, but have we ever considered that Geppetto just might be a bad father? Which, no, I don't think he's a bad father. I don't think father. he's a bad father at all. I don't, he's going through grief. <laughs> no, no empathy. I have a question for you. Sure. Do you think that Pinocchio looks like Andrew Garfield in this movie? Ew, no. No, yes, look it up. Uh, I'm going to show you two pictures. It's specifically his smile looks like Andrew Garfield's smile. We'll put a poll. We'll put a poll up. Okay, you're so right. You're so right. Um, Once I saw that... That's so good. I couldn't unsee it. Um, Yeah. That was was my... Bro, have you seen all the Andrew Garfield stuff? I haven't seen anything. I'm not on Twitter. Did you see... Okay, but did you see... His interview on the red carpet with the chicken shop girl. I did see that. Oh my god, bro. Because they their first interview... I saw this tweet. It was like their first interview is before uh, before sun, sunrise. And their second interview is uh, before sunset. And I was like, that's so true. When's their after midnight moment? I hope that that's not... When's their after midnight? 
the, um, that's that's kind of a chemistry sad, though their it's chemistry. perfect it'd be kind of sad if i don't know don't you think like it's kind of low stakes there's not a lot of development yeah because they they're not like actually seeing each other also she's just like very charismatic exactly if you haven't seen that interview i highly recommend you go watch it because it is something else anyway so that's pinocchio now we're gonna get into our recommendations i believe yeah so i don't have a recommendation but i have a movie that i want to watch that i'm going to talk about i thought you saw a bunch of 2022 what no the only one from 2022 i saw this week was pinocchio Pinocchio. the other one that i saw was ongaku which is a big recommend on my part, but did not come out in 2022. The movie that I, I'm really excited to see, uh, that I haven't seen yet, is Babylon. Listen, I am wary of people recommending that movie without seeing it. I haven't seen it. I want to see it. I'm worried about it, though. Oh, yeah, I agree. Are, it's the new uh, Damien Chazelle movie, who he did La La Land and Whiplash. And, first and man. he did First Man, which was a total dud. Yeah. So I think people are really curious about it. I personally, First Man was a dud, but I think Damien Chazelle, like, he's really riding this train of, like, Hollywood, like, elitism uh, in his <laughs> films. And I think, I honestly, I want him to be knocked down a few pegs. I want this film to tank. Like, I need it. I need him to not be an annoying ivy league film bro which i in my head that's what he is in his first two movies yes yeah yeah what do you think the budget was for this for babylon yeah uh 78 million okay 78 million i mean the for the actors alone bro Uh, which is crazy i i imagine it's it's advertising budget was like a lot lower than would be normal for that because I didn't see, like, any advertising for this, really. I saw, like, posters for it, and that was it. Um, and it's, it's such a dud. But guess how much Whiplash was It's in its budget? Whiplash, I could, I could see at, like, a cool $15 million. It was $3.3 million. Oh, okay. Yeah, like... Yeah. That his best movie was, was like... One fifteen. That has to be the, the case. The budget, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wary about it. I'm very eager to see it though. Um, that one and the Fablemans, I think, are in the same boat for me because they're both like front runners for best picture. You think so? Uh, the Fablemans. Fablemans for sure is. I think people are really hyping it up. The only other 2022 movie I watched was The Pale Blue Eye, which was it's on Netflix. It's got Christian Bale in it. But it's boring as shit. So it does have the guy who played Dudley in Harry Potter as Edgar Allan Poe, which is interesting. But the movie isn't. So Harry Melling. Harry Melling. Edgar Harry Melling. Oh. He looks like a British dude. He does look British. His eyes are way too close together. Yeah, he was in, you know, he was in um, The Queen's Gambit with Anya Taylor-Joy, and it was, like, the okay. furthest distance between eyes in any oh, cast. Oh, so true. <laughs> I love when that happens. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that wraps up our, our pod. As per usual, go to our website, dillweedsociety.com, because then you can sign up to be associate. And also, there's a link to submit your nominations, which you have until uh, Sunday, January 29th. We'd love to have you all participate. Submit your noms. Submit your noms.
Alright. Bye. Let's party.